Welcome to Our Sleeve Life Podcast, hosted by Kelly and Mel, friends who had gastric sleeve surgery but five years apart. We wanted to create a supportive family with full transparency by sharing our stories as well as others from the community. We are breaking the stigma of weight loss and weight loss surgery one episode at a time. Hey, guess what, guys? We're not doctors. No, we are not. (laughs) No. So if you're going to be making any major medical decisions, please consult your doctor immediately. Yes. And that includes diet, surgeries, and exercise. We love you guys, and we want you to continue to be in our OSLP family. That's right. So be careful and consult your doctor. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, welcome back, OSLP family. We are listening to Our Sleep Life Podcast. This is Mel. And I'm Kelly. And uh, we have an awesome um, guest today. Yes, we do. Yeah. So we were super excited because um, one of the members from ProCare reached out mm-hmm. to us and wanted to um, be on the podcast because they have a bunch of bariatric like um, items to use. Yes. So and vitamins. Vitamins. Yes. And she's also a bariatric patient. Yes. So how cool is that? Yeah. We're so excited. So welcome Brenda onto the uh, onto the show. Thank Say you for coming in, Brenda. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yes. So excited. So kind of tell us a little bit about your journey, if you can. Sure. So on a personal level or with yeah, let's, let's start with personal and then we can kind of move okay. into professional. Yeah. So because like I told the uh, the listeners that you are um, a gastric sleeve issue patient, correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. So um, how long ago did you get that surgery? My surgery was actually in 2012. So what kind of happened, conspired, is I had been struggling with my weight for years, um, probably since my teenage years. And I started working for a bariatric surgery weight loss program. I was a, I'm a nurse and I was a bariatric surgery coordinator. And so, um, that was back in 2012 is when I started that role and then started seeing like all these patients come through that were having such success. And it just kind of really inspired me because honestly, if I would have never worked for that program, I probably would have never been brave enough, I guess, to have surgery. I know that sounds silly, but my experiences before that program were just, Literally, I worked in emergency medicine for about 20 years. And so I really had no experience with bariatric surgery, but seeing these people come through in our first year, our program was new. So our first year, probably about mm, 90% of our patients were actually employees of the hospital that I worked for. So they were colleagues as well, which was really interesting. Yes. And so, I mean, my main reason for having surgery is because I had just like, I mean, I probably sound like a broken record because this is the story like that I would hear over and over, but you know, I struggled with my weight for years and years and years, tried all these different diets, tried all these different things and nothing really ever seemed to really stick. Like I would lose little weight and then getting back. Yeah. So, um, 
I don't know, weight loss surgery just seemed like something that seemed more permanent. And so that's kind of the inspiration from all these other people who'd had surgery is kind of what drew me in. Love it. Love it. Well, and it's not a broken record because everybody's journey is just a little bit different. Um, Reasons why are all a little bit different. And I mean, I feel like that kind of that reasoning kind of brings us together because we've all felt like that. That's the reason why we all most of us have had surgeries because we've battled with our weight our entire life. Or, you know, like you said, I can totally relate to the dieting because I don't remember when a time that I didn't say, oh, I need to lose 10 pounds or, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to do Weight Watchers or I'm going to start, I'm going to start eating low carb or whatever. And I would lose a little bit of weight and then gain it all back plus more. So, and then it slowly climbs from there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So everything's relatable. So Mm -hmm. like it's a great story to hear that you're a nurse and you got to Mm -hmm. see all these people and see the success. And now you can (laughs) finally do it yourself. So you said that you were a nurse for 20 years before you became one for bariatric patients. Is that what I understood? Well, I worked in the medical field. I worked um, like in the emergency room. I worked as a secretary, then a tech and then a nurse. Okay. And so I had kind of a mixture of those. I also worked in quality management for several years. I'm 51. So I've had a lot of different experiences. The bariatric surgery program has just been within the last, like I said, 2012 was my first introduction to weight loss surgery and to all of, all of this. So um, I've learned a lot throughout that period of time. And I have to say, you do not look 51. Yeah. I would have never guessed. When you said that, I was like, what? Like you not in the least, Mm -hmm. I would not have guessed 51 at all. So you look fantastic. (laughs) You, I mean, as you guys know, it's like people get scared because they think after they have weight loss surgery, they're going to look unhealthy. Right. I was scared of that. um, Mm -hmm. That is not, necessarily true at all. I mean, if you take care of yourself and you do all the right things, it really actually for the most part can make you look younger. So yes. Yeah. I think everybody looks younger after they Mm -hmm. lose weight. Like if they follow like all of the things you're supposed to do, you're drinking your water, you're taking your, getting your protein in, taking your vitamins. I mean, those three things do so much for your skin. Yeah. Like so much for your skin. My skin is so much clearer Yeah, now and oh, I yeah. think that helps a lot. Yours is too. So 100%. I used to have like this, like a, a ring kind of around my mouth. It was like mm-hmm. a, a weird tent. Yeah. And once I had surgery and just was drinking so much water and protein, like it went away immediately. Yeah. It was amazing. Did like, your, you can see it in photos. You can see the little. Oh, little yeah. Photo. Yeah. Because yeah. I didn't wear makeup. So it was just like, there it is. Like, that's just my face. 100%. That's just my face. Um, so what, what um, were your stats? So what was your highest weight? Uh, when was your surgery? Tell us all of that. Sure, sure. Those numbers. So, I, um, so my surgery was in 2013. It was a year after I started in that program, um, working in that program. And my, my BMI was 35. So it wasn't like super off the charts. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, that was kind of a struggle point for me because I even had some people say, well, you really don't need surgery. But honestly... To me, sometimes I don't think if it matters if you are five pounds overweight or if you're a hundred, because it's all about how you feel as a person. So my beginning weight was around 225. Okay. I lost down that first year, I think to probably 
I'm going to say 160. And then that next year, I maybe lost a little bit more. Maybe I think my lowest weight after surgery was 145. Okay. Um, I'm 5'7". Nice. And right now I'm probably about 170 to 180. So I've gained a little bit back. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do feel, I mean, I feel healthy. Right. Um, yeah. Would I like to lose a little bit more weight? Probably this, the, I've been stable at this weight for probably mm, maybe three years, something like that. Okay. That's great. Well, the first couple of years, it was really, I, I had really knocked off the weight and then I kind of stabilized out. Okay. Yeah. That's uh, something that we have a lot in common because like I'm sitting at this weight, my first drop to 179, I was that for almost three years. And this last weight I gained like 10, 15 pounds. Mm So I'm like sitting at 192 for the last two years now. Yeah. So you just kind of like, oh, your body just wants to hang out here. Exactly. I think your body kind of finds this happy zone. Mm -hmm. It does. Yeah. And I dropped down to 141. And now I'm like 160 or no, 150. I was like, wait, what? No, 150. Um, And I'm like, I'm happier in like now that I've gained that extra 10. Like I feel like I have, like I look healthier. Yeah. Is that common? Like does everybody pretty much gain about 10 pounds afterwards? I would say very common. I mean, probably most people that first year, they have the most significant weight loss, which that's pretty, I mean, that's very common that first year. Um, the second year, sometimes you'll have some people that'll lose a little bit more, you know, if they're really focused on, you know, a certain goal or getting a certain place. But um, after that second year, weight usually slows down and it, it's pretty common for people to kind of stabilize, maybe gain a little bit and then stabilize out and then keep that that weight for a period of time. So it's kind of like you said, your happy place, whatever, like, like I would like to lose more, but am I happy with where I am? I'm pretty happy. I mean, I feel really healthy and I feel, um, much better than I did, you know, whenever I was at my higher weight. So that's great too. It's always like, how do you feel in your clothes? That's like always a big yeah. deal for me. Yeah. Like if they feel good and I feel like I look good and like mm-hmm. I, that confidence is still there, then I'm like, then why do I care? So yeah. I, I'm sitting at 10 pounds gained for the last two years. Like well, we always preach like it's not all about the numbers. Mm-mm. Like it's not, it's, it's more about how you feel in your clothes and how you feel like in your own body. Yeah. It's, and sometimes that's you know, 140 and sometimes that's 150 and one time, you know, it, it, it just, just it's all personal. I think. Yeah. Well, and you're absolutely right because some people, you know, some, sometimes people will be, um, 200, they want to get below 200 pounds and that's like their overall goal. And they're super happy with that. Mm -hmm. Um, to me deep down, I think it's about just loving yourself because really when it comes down to it, it doesn't matter if you're 300 pounds or, 110 pounds. If you don't love yourself and you're like unhappy with yourself, it doesn't matter. Like it does not matter. 100%. I would completely agree with that. That's, that is exactly what we kind of preach is like, everybody's different and the level of happiness is all going to be different for, you know, if you measure a hundred people, you're, they're all going to be different. Oh, their level of happiness and their rate of happiness. So um, so what was your, uh, pre-op experience like? 
Do you remember? I know it was a while, um, it was a while ago. <laughs> yeah, I I mean, from from one standpoint, preparing for surgery was a little scary because I can remember thinking, I don't know if my insurance is going to cover this because it was so close with insurance requirements and my BMI. And I just thought, I just kind of prayed about it. And I thought, you know what, if it happens, then it's meant to happen. If it doesn't happen, then, um, it's okay. You know, it's just not meant to happen and the doors are going to close and it's just not going to work, but it did work for me. I think the pre-op diet was one of the hardest things because, (laughs) you know, you have this large stomach still, and you have these eating habits, these patterns, you have don't have the reinforcement of the surgery to keep you intact. Mm -hmm. So that first week before surgery, I think I did. um, I think our diets at that time were harder than the post-op diet, I think. Um, I would agree with that. I would have to. Yeah, Yeah. I would definitely agree with that. Kelly had a two week. I had two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So it was 14 days. And it was the pre-op was hard. Post-op, like you said, it, it, I mean, it was hard, but it wasn't as hard as the... Because the physicality before. part of yeah. it. Like, yeah. You can't do it and you're in pain. So it's like, yeah, I this is normal. After surgery, you can't normally even eat anyway for a while. Yeah, exactly. You know? So it's kind of like, well, yeah, that's a, not a big deal. But. Yeah. Um, did you have any therapy? Did you do nutritionist appointments? I know you worked in the bariatric clinic, but, um, how did that work for you? Yeah, Is it any different kind of for in- you? Cause well, you it's kind of interesting. Or? So like for insurance requirements, you're still required to do almost all the same things, you know, okay. and I actually taught all the classes, oh, wow. <laughs> the, classes. the nutrition classes. We did have a, a nutritionist that we worked together and we designed all the education and all that. So, I mean, I kind of already knew what, what I was supposed to do doing it and knowing it sometimes is two different things. But um, I mean, I was pretty good. I wasn't, I wasn't a real rebel or anything. But, um, <laughs> yeah, the psychologist, I was kind of surprised the psychologist that worked with our program, he was a hospital employee as well. And he's, he's just like, I think you're okay. I don't think we need to do all this. <laughs> so I was kind of, I guess, fortunate in that. I mean, I didn't have to undergo that whole piece, but I did have to at least, I think I had to at least talk to him because the insurance requirements, they just require, you know, you have to see a nutritionist, you have to see a surgeon, the surgeon. I mean, I worked with every day. So talk about sometimes being a little, you know, (laughs) uncomfortable, but you know what, it is what it is. You just not a lot of humility. You just got to do what you um, have to do. Yeah. And they're wearing a different hat at that point. It's like, hey, they yeah. took the friend hat off and now we're putting on the doctor hat. Yep. And- Absolutely. And yeah. in surgery, everything, like, I don't know, if you guys don't know this, be- probably because you, unless you've been, have you ever been in a surgery suite before? Mm, no, no. No. Well, when you go into surgery. Well, maybe. <laughs> I mean, I've had uh, surgery before, but I don't know what a surgery suite is, I guess. Yeah. Explain well, they, yeah. the surgery staff, they, you know, in pre-op or in PAT, pre-admission testing, and in the pre-op area where you go the morning of surgery, they get you all ready and everything. You get oh, you yeah. down. And then when you get into the surgery room, they kind of prep you for surgery. So that means that they um, drape all, drape your whole body and all of that. So the only piece really uncovered that the surgeon sees is kind of below your breast, 
down to like where your pubic bone is that a whole area because your surgery is mostly a butt, belly button and above so there's not a whole lot uncovered oh yeah yeah so sometimes people are embarrassed about that so you really there's a lot of privacy there's it's not especially like being in a field where you work with everybody that's doing your surgery yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, would, that would kind of be nerve-wracking like oh uh, I don't but really everybody's very professional me. well yeah I think you would have to be um <laughs> and the uh I think it's good to know for people that are interested in like, how uncovered am I? Because oh, you're yeah. out. So you, you don't, don't know. know. You have no idea what they're doing yeah. or why they're doing it. Because when I, so side story, <laughs> um, we do lots of those on we here. We love side stories. Um, I do. Yeah. That's what this is about. <laughs> <laughs> so when I, f- I was like 12 years ago, I have a spiral fracture from knee down. And when they did the surgery 12 years ago. Yeah, it's been 12 years. Jeez, that's crazy. Um, You know, they do the whole, like, the gown and whatever. So, like, um, I still had to get up on the table and everything. They just helped me because I have a broken leg. But um, they draped me, and I did not take off my underwear. <laughs> Which I you're supposed to. I Because I asked if I was going to have to have a catheter. And he's like, well, it depends. Like, this should be, like, an hour surgery. So, really, you probably not. But if we need to, we'll, we'll put one in. So, I was like, okay. Well, I was in for five hours. My leg wouldn't attach to the rod correctly. Mm. So, because I have a titanium rod for knee down and five screws in my ankle and two screws in my knee. So, uh, wow. yeah. And when I went back to get my stitches out, the lady's like, oh, I remember you. She's a nurse in the surgery room. I have no idea who she is. I'm like, uh, I have no idea. She's like, oh, honey, you wouldn't because your leg wouldn't attach. And we just kept like pulling it out and banging it back in. And I was like, oh, my God. That's so funny. Those are kind of things you don't necessarily right? know. Right? You're like, <laughs> I don't, don't want to know that. The funny part of the story is that I woke up and all the anesthesia and everything, and I was freaking out because I didn't know where my underwear was. Because I was like, why is my underwear gone? What, babe? Kind of like a bad party night, huh? Yeah. I was like freaking out. I was like, babe, where's my underwear? And he just like couldn't understand me because I guess I was like so doped up. I wasn't even like making really sense. making words. Uh, but that's what I was nervous about because – they didn't tell me that I needed to take them off, so I never took them off. So that means someone was down there and had to cut them off of me. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yeah, and you don't think about those things. Well, until yeah, after she, the fact. she's Melody. That was her first experience with surgery. Yeah. 100%. So I I've been through surgery a lot. I've had three sinus surgeries, and I've had my gallbladder taken out, and I've been under anesthesia like that's a true. lot. That's true. You have. I have to say, anesthesia sleep is the best sleep ever. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, it is because you they hook you up and they give you the anesthesia. You don't remember falling asleep. And then you're just, like, awake and refreshed. That's true. That's like, true. I always tell everybody, I'm like, oh, I love anesthesia. They're like, what? I'm like, it's not like I'm not going to, like, fake injuries to go get it. But I love anesthesia. Like, it's just it makes me sleep and, like, nothing. I it's just it. nothing for a couple hours. I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, so, so back to you yes. and you getting your surgery. So <laughs> that's true. They only put that drape on, so they're only seeing your belly button from the, you know, from like right pubic here. bone. Yeah, it's uh, just the center of you. Yeah. So was Which yours like a typical surgery? Everything went fine, or did was there any hiccups, or how did it go? No, everything actually went really smooth. Um, I think I maybe have, I don't even know if I can, I think I maybe have five small incisions, four small incisions, um, two up high, um, two on each side of my belly button, one in my belly button area. Okay. Okay. Um, 
they're really small. In fact, I don't even know if I could find them right now. Oh, I that's mean, awesome. I know. I was thinking about where's mine. Know. I'm like, I know where like one is for sure. <laughs> well, I know my surgeon, she, when she does the belly button one, she actually goes in a little further a little on the inside. Yeah. So that it's not as noticeable um, because I was like, I was freaking out when I woke up because I was like, I just remembered this that because I was like, what's going on with my belly button? Like, because I, I had my gallbladder taken out and I had completely different incisions. Oh, yeah. And so uh-huh. and she, we had talked about her using the same incisions so that I didn't have 10 scars. Right. Um, and I remember like freaking out and I'm like, uh, why is there like, why is my belly button cut open? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> and she's like, so when she came back in, I was like, um, you're like, we Why had this, this discussion about yeah, my- <laughs> Yeah, and she was like, oh, no, I just do that so that it doesn't show as much. And I'm like, oh, well, that makes sense. I wish everybody did that. Yeah. So that sounds like you had, you know, simple incisions. Was there any pain for you? Hmm. I'm a wimp. So <laughs> I did fine, um, but I did take my pain medication. Like they gave you, you know, our doctors always gave a prescription for Lorset for that week after. And so, um, I, I did utilize that. I mean, I, it wasn't like I was hurting terribly, but, um, I would, I would, um, I would take that as needed for pain. But other than that, I mean, really, hold on one second. Oh, I'm good. Thanks. So take a break. (laughs) <laughs> my son, I'm actually at his house because oh. my house, I live way out in the country. So I have to travel in town to get, um, Wi-Fi signal, oh, but wow. yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I wouldn't, I mean, like, seriously, I would encourage, I actually, I also worked up on a surgery floor for a year and, um, took care of surgery patients. That's been, that was in 94. And, um, one of the biggest things that I remembered from that experience of being a nurse, taking care of patients after surgery is, you know, those pain medications, what they do is they help you kind of relax. And I feel like it speeds the healing process because Mm -hmm. you rest better. You're able to get up and walk. Mm -hmm. You can breathe deeper because all of those things are super important. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I made sure I was up walking right away. I mean, I don't know if you guys, most surgeons are like, get up and walk. They want you walking that day. Usually, She was, I was not, but I'm trying to think like, I, I was up walking like an hour after surgery. Yeah. Like as soon as I was in my room, I was like, oh. okay, can I walk? Can I walk? Can I walk? Because yeah, because I I had such bad chest, like the gas pains. Oh yeah. And everybody that that's I had talked to, they were like, no, you need to walk, 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 because that's the only thing that's going to help work it out of your system. Mm. And so I was like, okay, can we walk? Can we walk? Can we walk? And they're like, um, well, let's get it. You like settled and I was like but it hurts and I want to walk and they're like well I guess if your husband walks with you it's totally fine because I think their biggest thing was like you passing out yeah yeah that would be a little bit dangerous well and you know true truly that is you're right though probably one of the biggest um some of the biggest complications after surgery and I wouldn't even say it's a complication it's just very painful Mm -hmm. is the gas pain, if not all that gas is released from your abdomen. And, and most people think it's gas, like you get rid of through your intestinal tract, but yeah. it's not, you just have to walk and it has to be reabsorbed through the skin and released. I mean, it's just, it's very uncomfortable. Oh, we if should that talk happens. about that more. Is there like a term for that? 
Um, you mean the gas releasing that mm-hmm. and that type of thing? Yeah. Um, it's just it's just from the CO two the the gases that they inflate your abdomen with. I mean, you probably know this, but when they put those uh, laparoscopic tools in your abdomen, okay, they I would say blow it up, kind of like a balloon. <laughs> I like make it. it much larger so that they can see where they're going with the cameras, and so that's oh. what the gas is for. I didn't know and that. So before they close, before they stitch you up or whatever, they actually put their hands on your abdomen and they kind of push out most of that air and they try to release most of it through those incisions Oh wow! before they close. Huh. How crazy. I mean, I didn't really have any gas pains though. Yeah. So whoever was pushing on me did a really good did job. Did a very good job <laughs> with me. Not so much. Yeah. You had tons of gas pain. Yeah. I, I mean, and it stuck around for like a week. Yeah. Like, oh, it was a yeah. while. Um, and it moves well and it moves into your shoulders and stuff like that mm-hmm. and so that's like that's super uncomfortable but I think it also motivated me to be moving so because I knew that that was the only way yeah. I was going to get rid of it was by walking by walking because yeah I didn't have pain there and then like she only made I only walked when they told me to so it wasn't like a let's do this like she's like okay walk a couple times whatever yeah because like my my side really hurt from the when they move the stomach or the liver part or whatever the liver. my incision is longer than yours yes and so like that really hurt and I felt bruised inside like your incision mm-hmm. oh in your abdomen you actually felt uncomfortable yeah. yes well and she only did a 24-hour liquid diet yeah and so I wonder if your liver just isn't shrunk enough I don't know she said I didn't have a fatty liver but well fatty liver is different than no, I thought they were the same. Are they the same? Like the fatty liver, that's when it's big, right? It's, I guess a fatty liver would be, I guess, have additional size. The size is what the liquid diet's for to make your liver kind of okay. shrink up so that it's not so big. Because kind of what they do, and you probably know this too, but your no. liver kind of. We want the professional to Yeah, us. yeah. Your liver kind of sits like here and then yeah. what they do is they go in and they take your liver, they pull it up with, with, um, like stitches, sutures, suture it up like this to work on your stomach like oh that. Oh my God. So That's it's cool. kind of like, um, they're like elevating your, you're elevating it up so you can get in there and work on it. So if you can't, like, if your liver is really, um, large enlarged and they can't really get under it and pull it up to work on the stomach. It makes it really hard to visualize what they're doing. And we actually had a couple patients probably out of several thousand. So it's very low number, but they got in there and the liver was too large. So they couldn't do what they needed to do. So they had to stop the surgery, not do it. And then put the patient, the patient had to lose more weight and then do oh. a whole nother liquid diet. That poor patient. You know well, that had to be a mind fuck right? for them. Oh, well, my God. We just got a message, uh, yes, no, a couple days ago uh, from a person that's in pre-op right now. And she was asking if she, like, she really wanted steak. And she's on a liquid diet. And she's like, is it okay if I, like, have steak? And I'm like, well, first off, I'm not a doctor. So uh-huh. ask your surgeon um, or your nutritionist. But I was like, but if it was me, I wouldn't risk it because I was like, they can stop your surgery or not do your surgery if they can't see. Yeah. So why not? Why put yourself through that when you can just not have the steak? Yeah. You know? 
Oh, it's it's just it's hard. Oh, I oh, I get it. Because I didn't have to do that two-week diet. I just mm-hmm. did 24 hours. So I'm like, I feel for you guys. Like, I don't know if I could have. I know I could have, but that would have yeah. been real fucking tough. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I think that's a motivator, just knowing that it could delay your surgery or change it or whatever. I know the to me, I mean, steak is pure protein. So, yes. I mean, really and truly, it's but it's not liquid. So, I guess processing that might be a little different. Our surgeons um, in the beginning, like when we first started our program, would say like 100% liquid diet for that period of time. And then they kind of started having them do like liquids and then one meal that was a really lean protein along with a salad. Oh, wow. But you know, every program is different. Yeah. And, and I'm sure at least that 24 hours before, it's probably really important that there's nothing really solid in your stomach because yeah. you're doing surgery. Yeah. So, yeah. well, cause my surgeon, cause we interviewed her for the podcast and she said that she just, she doesn't care. She's like, I'll still do it. Um, like with a 24 hour is what she only does. She's like, I'm humane is what she calls it. Yes. She said, I'm humane. I won't, I don't want to put my patients through that. And I was like, yeah, but I'm, I, I mean, I feel like, like you said, it sets you up for success because yeah. you are already committing yourself to this two week or one week liquid diet. Right. And you're like, I'm committed to what I'm doing. I'm committed to my program. And so this is what we're doing. I guess it does show you like your character of like, are you all in or not? Yes. That will show you right there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like That's that. true. And I kind of think, I know there's some programs that make people lose weight before they have mm-hmm. surgery. Our program that I work for did not. But okay. um, I mean, did you guys have to experience that at all? Have to try to I didn't weight? have to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you didn't either. No. no. So I just went in, they weighed me. And told me my BMI and said that I couldn't gain weight. That was the only stipulation is I could not gain while I was in the program. Yeah. And I didn't really lose weight until my liquid diet. And then I lost 15 pounds on that. So oh, wow. Yeah. 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 My body was like, oh, we like this. <laughs> like, yeah. I need to do another <laughs> couple days, I think, of the liquid diet. I think we should just start doing that once a month. It's just like two days. Yeah. Just to clean it out. Just to clear it out, clear, clear out the system. Every kind of the detox kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What? How do you, I mean, you work for a bariatric uh, center. So what, how did your, how does your office feel about patients going back on liquid diets for like a couple days? Like, is it a good thing, bad thing? Yeah. Well, and I don't work for them right now because like I said, my, the program, the program that I work for, um, after this, with this whole COVID thing and just collaboration of a whole lot of different things ended up closing, which was really sad. That was the beginning of this year. So, but it was, it was fortunate too, because I got to, I'm now working full-time for ProCare Health, the vitamin company. And I'll tell you a little bit more about how that kind of transpired. That was really interesting. Yeah. um, Your question though was how, what was it? How the liquid diet, is it a good thing, bad thing? I know everybody kind of has like a a different view. So like after you have surgery, like, um, to go back, put yourself back on a liquid diet for like two or three days. Like what's your viewpoint on that? I mean, honestly, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Okay. It's, more temporary. So, I mean, if it helps kind of like give you a little boost, I mean, that could be helpful, but like long-term, is it something that you're going to want to do every day? Probably not. Um, some dietitians I've even heard them say, you know, once you're able to, um, 
start eating like maintenance level Mm -hmm. that they want you to be eating real foods and that type of thing. Mm -hmm. So I kind of think, I mean, my own viewpoint, I think each his own, like whatever your whatever you need for yourself, um, to keep you happy and healthy. Sometimes those little protein shakes and things like that can be super helpful because they're so convenient and they're so easy and, um, they keep you on point because it's, um, easy and, uh, just like protein bars and things like that. To me, they're convenience, you know, yes. and it's kind of like a meal in one. They have their, have their, they have the vitamins in them and they have everything. So I don't think, that, I mean, personally, I don't think there's anything wrong. I know the program I work for, they did not really encourage it just because it's not a lifelong thing. You like really, and truly like making lifelong changes is what's important. But if you need it for yourself to make a little boost and to try to help you keep on track, I don't, think there's anything wrong with that. And obviously it can help you just like, um, we had a program at our hospital called HMR program, which was like a structured weight loss management program, non-surgical, not surgical. And those little, they came in like little meals, something like Jim and Jenny Craig or something like that, you know, where you get like the little meals to me, those kind of things are just there to help keep you feeling like your portion controls good. And that you, you know, structured. Some people like that structure. I'm definitely not a person that likes a whole lot of structure because I'll try to fight it every (laughs) the way. But, um, but for, for everybody's are different. I mean, my sister, Connie, she's a couple, she's, um, she's quite a bit thinner than I am. Even now she, she went on the non-surgical weight loss program whenever I went in the surgical and she did fine for through that. She loved it. Like she liked the structure. She liked having, you know, this, this, and this. Um, yeah, I feed on everybody's different. I mean, and if it works for you, like if you decided to do it and like once a month, you know, have a couple shakes, have a couple days where it kind of like boosts. And I think it gives you a little bit of, um, momentum to kind of get going. It can. Well, I think so, it, it helps building that habit and the routine back. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm like, I'm taking control. It's a little, almost like a control thing. It is. A, it, I think it for Melody, it's definitely a control. Yeah. Cause I love structure. I need structure. Mm-hmm. I need to be told what to do. And it's hard because I'm normally the one that tells everybody what to do. And so like, I have to like be the one to tell myself and sometimes it's hard. And so like, if I can find a niche where like, this is just what I do. Like the first and second of every month, I just have Mm -hmm. liquid. I don't think that's going to be a problem. Yeah. Like that's not hurting Mm -hmm. anyone. Yeah. No, it's like, it cleans me out. I feel a little better. I just wasn't sure if there was something like medically, like a reason why we shouldn't do that. Shouldn't do it. yeah. 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 So I think if you're making poor choices with your liquid diet also would be a thing. Like if they're just having broth with no protein. Yes. Then I think that's also like, it's always about making that decision and making the right decision. Well, I think it's always a, a decision of protein, no protein. Yeah. It always is. Like everything that you eat is that kind of balance Mm -hmm. because if you're eating your protein, you're going to be fine. Well, and we can make it that simple. Like you can make it that easy for yourself. It's, protein or no protein. Yeah, because you don't have to be like, what do I need to make for dinner and all these things? I mm-hmm. need to go with it. Just be like, what's your protein? I mean, half the time, all that's all I eat. That's all you're going to end up eating anyway, most <laughs> yeah. of the time. I mean, I don't know about you. I mean, you're... Cause she's eight years post Yeah, you're eight years. Um, I'm 18, 19 months now. Yeah, and I'm five and a half. And you're five and a half. Yeah. So, and I still find nights where I'm just like... I'll just have chicken. 
Like just the chicken. Yeah. I don't eat anything else. I'll eat just a steak. That's it. Yeah. What about you, Rhonda? Nighttime's probably my hardest. Yep. Um, I would love to be able to do that. Usually, usually I can do pretty good throughout the whole day. And then at nighttime, I always seem like I want a bigger meal for some reason. But I think, I think it's our patterns that we train ourselves into because a lot of times you're right though. A lot of times I'm not hungry for anything, but probably literally protein. And I think, um, I was listening to something this morning that I found really interesting too. It's like, if you can line yourself up to, um, just really feeling good about what you're eating, like being aligned with that Mm -hmm. and then eat regardless of what you would eat, it wouldn't matter because your body would know how to handle it and your metabolism would adjust because our bodies are really miraculous anyways. Mm. And I think that's so interesting because a lot of what we do when we're eating, we focus so much on our guilt and shame, you know, all those things that you're, you're like, Oh, should I eat this or should I not eat this? And Mm. anyways, we get tied up all in that. So I think, I think each, that's why I think everybody their own, what works for one person may not work for another and what, you know, I don't, I hope that makes sense. No, <laughs> no that's totally like, like eating with intention. Yeah. I think is yeah. what I got. I like that's why, why when people pray or their food or um, have some words of um, thankfulness and kind of graciousness, they're not worrying about what they're eating. They're just happy that they have food and they're, um, feeling good about what they're the choice that they're making. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I think that's a good way to go about it for like the future. Um, like pre-op people like that are listening, like think about that. Like you still are going to have a connection with your food. Mm. And a lot of it normally is emotional. Like she's saying like guilt and shame and all these yeah. things. Well, let's have a different type of connection with our food. Being like, like I'm eating this. this is, let's be happy. So if you look at the food and you're happy with it, then eat it and that's fine. But if you don't, like if you feel those, those shameful the or shame guilt. or guilt then did that obviously don't eat that that's what I took out of it yeah oh. and honestly I think that's why people that first year lose so much weight too because their resistance is way down you trust in the process you trust that things are going to happen you know that it, everything is just gonna the weight's gonna fall away and when your resistance is down your stress is down you just kind of trust in the process and I think it just your body just goes when it makes it easy. You you literally make it super simple. Yes. Because I think like, so my brother did the um the carnivore diet, you know, just meat for a month. And he was trying to get me to do it because I was like, I just needed like a boost because I've been sitting at this same weight for so long. And Which she focuses on that a lot. I do. That's that's my thing, man. That's her, that's her focus. Yeah. It's frustrating. Um, that's how you know I'm frustrated because it'll never go away. Nope. Um, but he wanted me to eat meat and I could only handle it for like a couple of days. Cause I'm like, in my brain, I'm like, I know veggies are good for me. There's no reason not to eat them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in my head, I'm like, I can have fruit. This isn't going to hurt me. So this is so hard to just stick to the carnivore diet. Cause I'm like, these things aren't going to hurt me. Why do I care? Right. Like that automatically like subsides. Well, and that was my question when she, when Melanie was telling me about her brother's, the, the carnivore diet, I was like, I don't understand because vegetables aren't good, like aren't bad for you. No, you can have as many as you want. Yeah. And (laughs) like fruits, like, I mean, obviously you don't want to just eat fruits, but I mean, fruits are going to be fine for you if you're choosing fruit over ice cream. Right. You know, 
Um, so it, that that's the thing that I didn't understand. I'm, I'm like, there there are there's food out there that is totally fine for you to eat. Totally, and I think it's because we've gone through this process of like it's been taken away of the mm-hmm. choice. It's just super easy of just like you have to have your protein, and then yep. you get to have a little bit of veggies. Yep, and that was like that for a long time, and so mm-hmm. you're like, why would I? not have that like my doctor my surgeon that went to school forever yes uh, has told me to do this and it works so i think i'm gonna go with that one (laughs) versus some random person that came up with a carnivore diet exactly yeah yeah so that's my little rant on that (laughs) (laughs) um so i want to get into how you started with pro care yeah how did this all happen Oh, yeah. And what are they exactly for our followers to know? Yeah. Listeners? Yeah. So ProCare Health is a bariatric surgery vitamin company. I love it. And yes. And they sell they're, what they're known for is they have they were they had created the first very first um, bariatric surgery multivitamin. That was a one a day. So now there's other companies that's created those. Um, but they're they're also known for their price points because they're um, probably one of the very least, if not the least expensive out there on the market. And they follow all the, they call them ASMBS, the (laughs) American Society for Metabolic and Bariatric Surgery Guidelines. All, all of the. um, know that existed. Yeah. Nope. Had no clue. (laughs) No. (laughs) No. We are learning Um, all sorts of stuff today. I love it. All kinds of good stuff. Yeah. Um, they follow so so bariatric surgery. This is a little another fun little point is bariatric surgery vitamins. Like regardless, if a company wants to sell them to sell them to patients, patients don't know all that, but programs do. And if they're gonna um, refer um, vitamins, they're gonna make sure that they meet those guidelines. The American Society for Metabolic and Bariatric Surgery. So as those guidelines change, which they changed maybe two or three times while I was in my role, um, the vitamin companies change and tweak their vitamins so that the patients who have bariatric surgery are getting the amounts that they need. So a bariatric surgery vitamin is actually actually formulated for 200% of the recommended daily allowance instead of a hundred percent. So it's different from taking normal, very normal vitamins over the counter. So how I kind of learned that kind of got off track a little bit, but how I learned about ProCare Health is um, whenever I first started working for this bariatric surgery program, um, the surgeon that I work for, Dr. Legrand was his name, and he um, was familiar with ProCare Health because the company that he worked for in St. Louis um, had sold their vitamins. ProCare Health is actually out of St. Louis, Missouri. So um, formulated. The vitamin was um, kind of formulated alongside bariatric, um, with a bariatric surgeon and a um, dietitian. They all kind of came together and they made this vitamin. And so long story short, the doctor I work for knew about them, started um, coming to our clinic and teaching us about their vitamin products. And then we started selling their vitamins in our clinic like patients would come and buy them. And then what happened was, is um, they came, the owner of the company, Nick, it's a small company. He came several times and did support groups for me. Um, and then kind of got to know them really well. And then the last two years, 
I, because I was so familiar with their products because we sold them, we sold a lot of them. He um, asked me to come and travel with them throughout the U.S. and do vendor events. So I went to about 10 or 15 different vendor events over the last two years with him. Like, you know how they have these big obesity conferences where you go and they have vendors for every kind of everything. Like, no, I didn't know that. Like surgery equipment, um, like the, the main people that would come to these was bariatric surgeons, dietitians. Is that only to the public to go to? Um, they did. We did have some that were, they were called end user shows, which were just bariatric patients. But most of these big programs, I mean, there would be like thousands of people that would come to these conferences and, um, you had, all kinds of booths, you know, like you do like at a health fair or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Well, this is all just bariatric surgery. So That's that awesome. I, went to I them, went to those kind of events with, with them and got to meet all these different vendors. Yeah. And, um, actually that might even be something when we start getting geared back up and going, that might be something you ladies might be interested in kind of checking out. 100%. You know, yeah. Yeah. Go into those, the, go into those events. You get to network with so many people. Anyways, I got to work with them the last two years. And then when my job was, um, the program was closing. Yeah. Just yeah. kind of, unfortunately when it was closing, um, makes me so sad. Yeah. Um, anyways, yeah, Nick, Nick, I reached out to him and, um, just ask him, you know, if he was interested in, so over a period of a couple months, we kind of talked back and forth. And then finally, I just decided he just made a job for me. Literally, he's, he's like, they, he doesn't have sales reps. Most bariatric surgery vitamin companies have sales reps. Yeah. They, because that's how they keep their price points low. He just wanted me to come on, not as a sales rep, really. I'm, what I'm doing is just kind of networking with facilities and patients and like you guys programs and, um, so it's kind of fun support groups. Awesome. That is super awesome. Yeah. What a what a vote of confidence that he had in you to be like, you know what? I'm gonna create this special <laughs> spot just for you. Like that that must have been amazing feeling. Well, yeah, he knew that he had an acid on his hands. So yeah. He's like, let's let's use her. Yeah. So well, I feel like you kind of know, like you get a feeling of like this is the direction that we need to go. So and it sounds like the everything kind of pushed you in this direction to go with pro care. I think so. And, you know, um, I've worked for, I, I've done, um, I don't know if you guys have ever done any kind of, um, what is it called? Like marketing companies where you sell products like, um, skincare or something like that. I've done a lot of in the past. And there was one company that I worked for that did a lot of personal development because it's always been my, um, and I haven't even talked about this, but one of my loves in life is personal development. And so whenever this kind of came about, like, that's what Nick wants to create. Like he wants to create resources for people to grow them. Yeah. And yeah. Because, you know, you can buy vitamins anywhere, but to have, um, to have extra resources to help grow the person along with, you know, that it kind of gives, it's just an extra added little value. So if you can add value in other ways, just besides the pro- actual products. Um, that's really cool. That's what, but he's that's just like, I want to help people be the best. Yeah. They can. yeah. Cause I mean, I feel like that's all like that, that describes bariatric, the community is that we all just wanted to be 
the best yeah. that we can possibly be. And we're constantly growing and evolving and and trying to find that happiness and that happy spot. And so I think it's really cool that he's like, let's let's give these people a resource to go to. Yeah, because we kind need of our vitamins. Make that. Yeah. Like we need something that isn't like I have to take 10 vitamins just to get all my stuff in in a day. Like I yeah. just want to take Think water. about it too. Yeah. Surgery is such a small part of it. Like mm-hmm. it really is. Like surgery, it helps change your body. But if you go back to making the same type of choices and this doing the same behaviors, the same yes. pattern, you're you're going to end up back how you were. So it's like being able to change all that and and how it helps pro care in the long run is if people, you know, if they stay motivated and stay on track, they're going to take their vitamins. They're going to stay healthy. Yeah. Uh, So it kind of just works out, you know, both ways. And I have to say like, so we got our pro care box. Yeah. We were so excited. You guys were so cool. Yes. um, We were so like there was blessed of, by everything that was in yeah, there. There was two of everything. So that way we each got something. Yeah. I really like that. Cause normally like I, we like the fact that people send us stuff, but sometimes they forget there. This is a two person. Yeah. Show. And so like we're sharing stuff. <laughs> what you time. guys get? Did you do like an unraveling or anything we like did. that? So we did an unboxing, which I believe is up on. Yeah. It's up on our Instagram and Facebook right now. Um, So you can go over and watch it. Because we tagged ProCare. Yeah, we did tag ProCare. Um, and I have to say, I, so we got the chocolate, the dark chocolate calcium. I'm obsessed. <laughs> like, the easiest way to get your calcium in because it tastes just like a freaking dark chocolate candy bar. Yeah. I was like, what magic is this that this is good for me? Like, and I'm starting on, what was that? No, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, um, I'm finishing up my multivitamins that I already have right now. And then my husband, my husband does my pills. Um, so long story short, I have lupus, rheumatoid arthritis and fibromyalgia. So I take a lot of pills every single day and my husband, his, his, uh, way of helping cope with himself, like with me being sick was he's the one that does my pills. So I always joke with my doctors that if he was poisoning me, I would have no idea. Oh, it's true. Like, like if you come up dead for some reason, I'm going straight to Cody. Oh yeah. Cause he does my <laughs> pills. Um, love you, Cody. Yeah. He would never, but, uh, I would, I would hope not. Um, so He's going to start putting in the, uh, the pro care ones. So I'm, yeah. So I'm super excited because I didn't, I guess I didn't realize that we need like extra, extra vitamins. We can't absorb the same, right? Is that the main No, absorption is with R and Y. Okay. So I think our absorption is, are we right on that, Brenda? Yeah. What they, some places you'll see that a sleeve gastrectomy is considered non-absorptive in some that it's, it's, it's not, but there is some, I mean, I believe that there's a little reduction in absorption because part of your stomach's removed. So a lot of you, so some of the other processes like the duodenal switch or the the gastric bypass, um, you're actually altering the intestinal tract too. So there's even more non-absorption, but I think you still have some absorption issues because part of your stomach's removed and some of your vitamins and minerals are, you know, absorbed through that. So that's part of the reason why it's so, it is important to still take vitamins, even with sleep gastrectomy. 
Okay. So since and you know you're eating less too. Yeah. Not you're not getting as many vitamins. Yeah. So you have to get the multi in. Yeah. So since you brought it up, that third surgery, because we know a lot about the gastric bypass and we know about the sleeve because we've had it, but you called it the duodenal switch. The duodenal switch. Yeah. Okay. What is that exactly? Like I know, like me and Kelly has looked it up a little bit, but I want to know what what do you know about that? Yeah. We're gonna pick your brain. Yeah. So the other the other person from ProCare that you guys are going to be interviewing, her name is Janine. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. She has a duodenal switch. So what okay. it is, is it's, um, it is a sleeve and a bypass combined kind of. So That's the best way I can explain it. So what they do is they do a sleeve gastrectomy. Sometimes they'll use a little bit bigger, um, they call them boji, which is a tube that helps them shape this type of the stomach. Okay. So the stomach maybe may not be quite as small. Some people though will actually have um, a sleeve gastrectomy and then months later we'll go in and have a duodenal switch, which is just basically a bypassing at the bottom of the sleeve gastrectomy, like at the bottom part of the stomach, which I, I have a little piece of paper. Yeah. um, I'm excited. (laughs) I can find a pen. Wasn't prepared for that. (laughs) Yeah, because we, uh, we have. Some- anyway, so you have. Here we go. Ah, uh, that's oh. not very dark. You have to get really close, right? Yeah. Oh, I see the it. Stomach. Okay, that's the stomach. Okay. So, see this line right there, like okay. that line that goes from here. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. this is like a normal. This part would be removed. Mm-hmm. That part's off. And then this would be your normal with a sleeve gastrectomy, just a smaller stomach. Okay. okay. So for our listeners, what she's showing is like the top and bottom of the stomach. Mm-hmm. And then there's yeah. a line in the middle for our normal, like where the stomach so goes through. And then this part would be removed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Completely taken off. So um, with a duodenal switch, what they do is they take part of the intestine up and right in, I think it's right in through here somewhere. I've never seen one done in surgery, but um, they, bypass part of the small intestines up, which is kind of different from a gastric bypass because with a bypass, it's like they just make the stomach up here smaller and then bypass up here. So they're bypassing the bottom of the sleeve. So it's like if a a sleeve and a RY had a baby. Yep. (laughs) Yep. That that would be it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so with a duodenal switch, comparison wise from a bypass and a sleeve, you're going to have a lot less absorption than you do with either of those surgeries. So those patients, they are, um, they have usually more weight loss, but they have to be a lot more careful with vitamin deficiencies because of the absorption issues. So um, a lot more, they have, they need to eat more protein in their diet. They need to have more vitamins and especially the fat soluble vitamins. So there's a couple little differences, nuances and weight losses. They usually don't have as much problem with dumping syndrome, which is pretty interesting because, um, the way that the food is absorbed and all of that. But anyways, huh? That's I'm kind of going into more than you probably want to know. No, we want to know we, all. Yeah. We want to know all the things, <laughs> yeah. like literally all the things where this is a subject that we both, like, we could talk about this all day, every day. And we, 
pretty much do. That's why we do this. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, like one of the lives, they were like Melanie and her science. Because like I I love science. I love learning about it. Like the body is so interesting to me. I find the surgery so fascinating. Yeah. Like I want to know what's being done. Mm-hmm. Like because I'm not squeamish. It no, doesn't bother me. When the surgery, you need to, when, once this COVID thing gets out of, you need to talk to a surgeon. They'll most surgeons oh. love to have people in there. I bet our surgeons would my totally surgeon listen. Oh my God. Right. That, that is the most amazing <laughs> idea. We are totally going to do a podcast episode from surgery. Seriously. And I don't know if they'll let you bring cameras in to be totally honest because of privacy issues, but they definitely would probably let you watch one just so that you would have a good understanding of it. Yeah. I want to like, cause I know you, you get it done on yourself. So like, obviously we have a knowledge of what's being done, Yeah. but to actually, and you can like see it on like um TLC with the 600 pound life and stuff like that. You can kind of see what they're doing, but to, actually be in the room yeah would be amazing seriously <laughs> so because cool. we've never been squeamish no at all no and i when i was a kid my first thing i ever wanted to be was an um, obstetrician i wanted oh. to be a baby doctor really yeah how did i not know that oh. i um i don't know once only i actually didn't switch it until senior year when i realized that like i could not afford that kind of schooling i was mm. like yep yeah, that's not gonna happen so me and melanie <laughs> have known each other for like 20 years yeah so really? yeah so there's certain things that like that like Surprise i don't you? yeah like yeah. we still learn yeah that's learn why new stuff. Uh, me and steph were in honors chem and we took anatomy and physiology oh and... yeah i didn't really go to school <laughs> that's true we like like made her go. Yes, like I we hated were school. Pulling her into school, being like, "Get your ass in here." Yes, I was. Yeah, no. Yeah. So yeah, like, school's not for everybody. Yeah, nope, that's, that's definitely not me. <laughs> and that's the reason why, like, yeah, I took those classes because I thought it was fascinating. Because I'm like, our bodies are crazy. It definitely is. And now that we've been through the surgery, and like, there's so much knowledge out there that we don't know. Which is, I mean, that's why we do this podcast because we want to learn all of the things that have to do with weight loss surgery. Like it's so it, it, to use your word, it's so fascinating. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I could just, don't worry. I didn't coin it. <laughs> uh, thanks. I appreciate that. I do have a question. Cause you said something about fat soluble vitamins. Can you elaborate uh-huh. more on what that actually means? Yeah. Yeah. So with our body needs all different kinds of vitamins. So there's, um, some of the vitamins are termed fat soluble, which is like vitamins A, D, E, K. Okay. And so most vitamins, you if you get too many of them, your body just excretes them. You know, you just pee them out. Okay. But fat soluble vitamins, you can actually, um, they're absorbed through the fat and you can't actually get too much of them. So you kind of, those are monitored a little differently. And um, with the duodenal switch surgery, because the way your body absorbs vitamins, um, there's risk. There's some of those need to be extra. Like you have, you need to take extra. Gotcha. So um, I think it's vitamin K and D. And I have to, now I'm thinking back, um, th- but there's several of them that they require, They it's recommended that 
you take more of the fat soluble vitamins. So okay. each program's a little different on what they recommend, but I'm just talking about what, what that same little um, ASMBS guidelines, what they recommend. Okay. Okay. Cause I was wondering, does fat soluble means that we need to take it with food? Is that a thing or no? I think it's just it's how just it's absorbed. basically how they're absorbed. Okay. Like so it's absorbed fat. in your fat. Okay. Yeah. Got you. Okay. That makes more sense. And then is that something that we, I mean, as bariatric patients, any bariatric patients should be conscious of? Uh, should we be focusing on fat soluble vitamins? What do you, What are your thoughts? I think if you have the gastric bypass or the sleep gastrectomy, just take what your program recommends. Okay. That with the dorsal switch, there's probably additional recommendations. That's the basic things. Um, as far as measurements wise, a lot of doctors will do um, pre-op labs before you have surgery right. for baseline. Mm -hmm. And then throughout that first year, most programs will um, measure your blood work at several intervals. Every program's a little different on how they do that. Some will do it every three months. Some will do it at six months in a year. Some will, you know, it's, and it depends on your health level too, but the fat soluble vitamins are measured during a lot of those lab points. And gotcha. um, maybe all of them, but there's a lot of them that are measured during that, that period, just like the other ones. I mean, most people will have a profile that'll include, um, you know, your B vitamins, B6, B12, zinc, copper, magnesium, um, your regular, uh, electrolyte levels, um, you're making sure your <laughs> CBC, which is, um, your blood, um, your red blood cells and that type of thing that are all staying. So you're not anemic, okay. your iron levels. So there's a whole profile and they kind of check all that stuff. Most doctor's offices, is, and that's why it's so important to follow up, you know, to kind of check in and make sure that, that your lab levels, and it's so easy not to do it, you know, especially people who don't have insurance and stuff like that. Sometimes that's kind of a hard thing for them, but there are, we have a lab core in our area. And I mean, it's a lot, it's pretty cheap to, um, get all of those levels. I mean, the, some hospitals will charge a thousand dollars for all those labs. And Whoa. then other places, like lab core, I think I only paid a hundred dollars maybe okay, out of pocket with the insurance. So, um, so it is doable, like depending on where you go, you just, if you have problems with the place that you're getting your labs done at, you just have to check around for cheaper prices. <laughs> okay. And I mean, especially for people that had surgery done in Mexico, I mean, that's another mm -hmm. level of, because uh, we talk a lot about like going to Mexico and getting your surgery, but the mm -hmm. aftercare is kind of stunted. Yeah. It's like, because it's obviously, yeah, you can't, I mean, you're, you're not going to get aftercare from someplace that you're you know, not, not, not living. Yeah. It's super important to get it in the community you're in. So yes. finding those lab places, knowing what to do. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because a lot of people go to Mexico because they don't have insurance or it's going to be too yeah. expensive through insurance. And so knowing that there are other avenues for getting those blood panels and making sure that you are healthy and are taking all your vitamins in the correct way, that's really important for everybody. Yeah. 100%. So Thank you for letting us know. Do you think they have that? Like probably in every state, like they can probably find a place. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, you have to have a doctor's order usually most places to get the labs done. So what I would say is if 
somebody has their surgery done in Mexico or because you guys probably have followers from all over. I would just say if somebody gets their surgery done in like a place that doesn't or maybe they close like our program, you know, you can always find another program to follow up with. Most surgeons will take follow up patients. So even if you we had tons of people that came to us from other places, you know, that had surgery done at a different facility or another state or a place that doesn't do real good follow-up. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also go to your primary care. You know, that's not a bad option either, especially specialist. I can say bariatric surgeons can be expensive and some insurances cover certain things and some don't. So instead of not getting them done, go to a primary care and talk to them. Um, they can always call a bariatric surgeon office and ask what labs need to be measured too, if they're not sure, you know, okay. That's it's awesome. out of there. It's sometimes it's a little bit out of their comfort zone to do those kind of measurements. I, I, I shouldn't say that that's probably not true, but I would say they may not know hundred percent what needs to be looked at. Okay. That's, you know, and they can always, they can always consult and ask questions or they can have the patient's. Um, reach out to their programs. Like we had patients that didn't want to have to come back for their labs because of the cost, because of seeing a specialist, because yeah. bariatric surgeon is a specialist. So they would get all, they write down all the names of all the blood tests that we would recommend. And then they'd go to their primary care and have them done. Perfect. Yeah. Cause I actually thought about that before. I was like, I wonder just if it's my, cheaper, if it's cheaper mm-hmm. to just have my PCP do it. Mm-hmm. So and surgery programs, they're going to want want you to follow up. And the reason being is not only just because they love you, <laughs> yes, become friends, <laughs> because you do, you get to know each other and that type of thing. But also, um, that same company, the ASNBS, they they want programs to follow up for at least five years. So they'll be calling and checking on you. And that's part of their job. If they're wanting to stay certified in bariatric care to make sure that you're getting the follow-up you need. So it's not, they care about you, but they also, um, there's certain guidelines that they, if you have a really good program that they should be doing to make sure that you're getting what you need. That's awesome. That's super cool. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, I had no, I had, I mean, I know that there's guidelines, obviously, for yeah. bariatric surgery centers, but I guess I just didn't realize that there was one, like, specific just for bariatric. That's super cool. Yeah. Um, I do have a question where, um, when it comes to bariatric vitamins, mm-hmm. no one can just slap a bariatric, like, symbol on it and try to sell it, right? And I only ask that because I know question. some of our so, followers will be nervous, like when they buy vitamins, like what do I pick? You know? Yeah. So bariatric, they bariatric vitamins, I would say in general, follow those guidelines that I was talking about. Okay, I would say right. probably most of them. Now you're going to have some that they don't necessarily, like our our vitamins are third-party tested, which means another company outside ProCare tests them. I don't know that there's any other companies that do that. There may be okay, bariatric okay. surgery. So there's not probably the same regulation as there is with some of the like FDA, like some of the federal drug administration type of regulations and things like that. But um, if you're taking a, bari- a bariatric vitamin, likely they're following those guidelines. So there's going to be a certain percentage amount that they're going to have in those. And that's why you don't really see too many bariatric vitamins over the counter. No, you don't. Mm -mm. You almost have to go specifically like they're formulated specifically for, like I said, bariatric surgery patients, Mm because they're 
higher levels of vitamins in, in the formulation. Gotcha. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, that's what I was hoping for. It's yes. just like, I know with, um, like, you know, with those one a days, you know, there's so many different brands you can choose. Mm-hmm. And it's always a question now, like now that we're learning that there's a lot of stuff in our things that we didn't realize that was in our, you know, food and vitamins and stuff. You're like, wait, is this really going to work? Yeah. Has is this been... something that they could just slap, like say like, oh, this is really good for you. Like, yeah. Like and it... so people can buy it and there's no like repercussions really repercussions yeah and so one time one thing just to kind of bring up here too is i know there's a lot of products out there for example the patches a lot of i don't know if you guys have heard of patches before Mm -hmm. there's bariatric surgery vitamin patches and um you know test wise clinical studies and that type of thing i'm not sure that what's been done on those so i would just say you know if some of our patients would try that kind of stuff. The surgeons didn't really recommend those kind of things just because they weren't sure about the efficiency of them, but you know, patients try them. And that's why you go get your, if you go get your labs done, you know, if they're working for you, if you, if your labs are out of whack and they're not, your levels aren't good, then you know, you need to change something up. So Mm -hmm. that's what I would say on things like your vitamin levels. If you try something and it's, working for you. Great. If you try something and it's not working for you, then maybe there should be something, then you could shake it up or try something different. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot, like even with, you know, gaining all the weight and being from a bigger family, a lot of people just think like, Oh, well just, this is just work. Like no one ever like tries to change it or realize that it's not mm-hmm. working. So like, <laughs> cause they're not going to get their labs. They're not actually doing the work to realize they're just like, I'll just keep taking this. And mm-hmm. I'm, that's what I'm afraid of with all of our other listeners and followers. It's like, you know, listen to your body. Mm-hmm. And it's so like when it comes to vitamins, we still need to listen to your body. Is I was working? just going to say working? that. Yeah. Like, listen to your body. <laughs> I got you. I know. <laughs> um, like, I feel like with bariatric surgery, you're so you're you get kind of fine tuned into what your body needs, um, such as water, protein, like you start to realize the things that you need yeah, uh, to have a level of. Um, For me, it's energy and clarity. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I feel like with vitamins, too, that needs to be a part of it. Like, listen to your body. Do you feel better? Do you not feel better? You know, does a certain vitamin help you? Does, you know, and then yeah. also doing your blood work. Well, kind of like one. with the B12. Yes. So before every podcast, we take our B12s because right in the beginning of us taking our dissolvable B12, we get the in energy immediately mm-hmm. and we feel great. And we need that dose anyway for the day. So mm-hmm. we're like, hey, we'll just take it before we record. Yeah. So I have to have my coffee. <laughs> and I have to have a B12. That is what we've decided is like the ultimate yeah, and it works. package and for me. We would have never have known if our doctors weren't like, listen to your body mm-hmm. when you eat something, when you take vitamins. Mm-hmm. What, what are you drinking? Because I mean, and Kelly knows I talk about this all the time that there's such a huge disconnect between what you put in your body and how you feel. Mm-hmm. People don't want to listen like that. The fact that you're physically hurting yourself. Mm. I think is the, is the problem. So they don't want to admit that they're hurting themselves because this really does affect you. Like this. Well, I know from personal experience with the sugar. Yeah. I was feeding my body so much sugar and the sugar was feeding my autoimmune diseases. And therefore I felt like crap 24 seven. Yeah. And then as soon as I took that sugar 
out of the equation or the added sugar, I should say. Um, you know, I wasn't having cookies and ice cream and all of those these things that fed my autoimmune. I felt immediately better. Yeah. So there's a straight connection. There, one hundred percent is. Yeah. And I always knew that sugar was bad. But you didn't really for autoimmune. That. But it does. It didn't click until after. Yeah. Until yeah. you actually remove it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, right. I have another question for her. Okay. So. <laughs> When it comes to the vitamins, because I want to talk a little bit more about ProCare. You and your freaking vitamins. Because um, is that the only thing that ProCare offers is just vitamins? Is that their specialty? Or is there anything else that they're doing? Uh, they Well, vitamins, they have the multivitamins, and then they have calcium supplements. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. You tried the dark chocolate, but yeah. they also have um, three soft chews of other flavors, um, sea salted caramel, mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys got any of these. We did. We so got um, salted caramel, cinnamon roll. Cinnamon mint. Yeah. I have and not tried the mint ones yet. You did? I did not try the mint ones. <laughs> it's on my list. Um, the the thing I like about the ca- the calcium supplements, all of their calcium is made with something called True Cal, which is it's derived from real milk products. It's kind of like they take the milk and um, uh, – it down to the calcium and then all the other minerals that are left in the calcium. So it's a really smooth calcium that tastes really good. It doesn't leave an aftertaste. That's one of my favorite things about it. And then they have, they have protein shakes. Um, um, they have, um, my, I don't know why mine, mine's going back blank. They have, um, (laughs) it's late. You're, Uh, you're fine. Um, Oh, the stuff that's good for your skin. Collagen. They oh, have collagen. collagen. There they we have go. Liquid cell that's a protein and it has collagen in it. Yes. Like a gel. Did you guys get to try any of that? We have we two. Got some, right? Yes. We have two uh, packs of all the flavors. And so we're going to do a live where we do I think. Oh, yeah. It's going to be fun. They're really good. So you can mix those with something. Okay. Like, um, you can mix them with a little bit of liquid, like, um, a flavor of some sort, okay. or you can just drink them straight. I like them straight, but most people don't. I, I I'm excited. Yeah. I like things straight. I don't like really mixing stuff. Unless oh yeah. I have to, so. Well, it's like, I've been taking the, uh, taking greens in the morning. Um, and I absolutely love it, but it, it does like, it has a very earthy taste. So mm-hmm. I would much rather like swirl it in some water and just chug the whole thing. Yeah. Well, not chug, but just Wait. shoot the whole thing versus try to like sip on it all throughout the day. I feel like I'm better that way. <laughs> I don't know. No, it's so much easier. It's over and done with. Yes. Just, there you go. Yeah. So, well, so that's good. So they have several different items and then, um, do you take any of them? I like my favorite is so they have a multivitamin that has probiotics in it. Okay. That was the what we got some of that. I'm super mm-hmm. excited for that. It's so it has so they, they say that probiotics are good for your gut health, which mm-hmm. means kind of like anything with compared like constipation, bloating, um, anything like that. And they're supposed to be really good with your digestion. Um, I really don't know that I struggled too much with any kind of digestive issues like that, but I just like them. They're instead of taking one a day, you take two a day of those though. Oh, okay. And then um, I usually, I like that. I like the sea salted caramel and my favorite, the dark chocolate. They were, 
We did not carry them over the summer months because of the heat, but those are one of my favorites. And one of my favorite things to do is to take um, one of the dark chocolate and like dip it in peanut butter and eat it as an afternoon snack. Oh, oh nice. That's awesome. That's a really good idea. We love our peanut butter. Yeah. So Dude. that's a really good uh, idea. Well, and it doesn't take very much. Like you can just have like a teaspoon, tablespoon of peanut butter. And then, you know, it's like a whole dessert in itself really with, yeah. with that. Oh, I would, I would definitely I'm going to try that. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to have to. I might do that tonight. Uh There you go. Um, You're getting your vitamins in together. Yeah, exactly. Um, I really did like the cinnamon roll. I tried the cinnamon roll calcium chew. That was, I mean, the smell, like I had opened up the bags because we were going to, we were splitting them up and I remember like smelling that like instantly it just hits you that yeah, scent of cinnamon roll. And I was like, Melanie, you have to smell these. Like <laughs> these smell amazing. And so do this the caramel ones. Those ones smell bomb. Do you happen to know why we always have to take a calcium separately than a multivitamin? I know that might be a It big... has to do with the iron. Like okay. calcium and iron, um, the absorption is decreased whenever you take them together. Uh-huh. They say, okay. you know, like some companies like Fusion, they they have um, a product where their multivitamin is mixed with their calcium. Mm. So I think that they say that there's clinical studies that sh- don't show that. But um, I think there's a lot of pe- belief in mixing them can decrease your absorption of iron. So gotcha. that's why. Because I okay. noticed that, like, like even I have – I like to just take the pills and get them over with, so I'm not a big chewy person. That's why she has pretty much all of them. Yes. <laughs> I just wanted to try them. Yes, um, I understand. <laughs> but, yeah, I'd rather just get it over with. But, yeah, I, my calcium's still separate from everything. Mm-hmm. So, so you need to start taking calcium juice. No, I have a calcium every morning. Oh, you're saying – okay. Yeah, I just take it separate from my Sheeper, my multivitamin. Got it. Got yeah, it. It's because they can't I was, put it together. Yeah, yeah, I was lost for a second, yeah. but I caught up. I'm yeah. I'm here because my multivitamin I take with food, so I um I have to wait till afternoon to take it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, because she doesn't eat in the morning. Yeah, I do the intermittent fasting. I've done that for a long time. I just like it now. Your body just does it. Yeah. When people are like, it's so hard. I'm like, girlfriend, get over yourself. Like, <laughs> you just gotta do it. It's just like any other thing. You just do it for a couple of weeks and it's fine. And mm-hmm. then your body just doesn't want to eat and naturally doesn't get hungry. I like to have a protein shake in the morning. I don't want to eat solid foods. I just need that protein shake and then mm-hmm. I'm fine. What I notice is that I don't want I don't want food at all in the morning. I just want to like I need to get up gradually, have my water, have some tea, brush my teeth, mm-hmm. take a shower, you know, like, and then like an hour later eat. But most people like eat right away. And I'm just like, how do you do that? I don't even crave food that early. Nope. I can't do it. How about you, Brenda? I I usually like to eat breakfast. I usually have an egg, um, maybe toast with it. I usually will have, I usually like having some kind of protein and then I, I've kind of like have this thing about eating at 10 o'clock and two o'clock too. Like I have, I like my little in-betweens, like just mm-hmm. a couple bites of something. I don't know why that is, but, um, maybe it's cause I train myself. You that train way. Yourself, yeah. <laughs> You're like, yeah. this is my system. This is my routine. Yeah. This is what I do. Us, we love routines. Yeah. So. All right. Well, is there anything else that maybe we didn't touch on that you want to add about pro care or yourself or anything? You can think of not really. Words oh, I did. T- I did want to tell you too. So I was telling you about, um, 
about the nursing part and uh, the bariatric surgery part. But part of what I absolutely love is um, holistic health. Okay. Oh, I don't know if either of you guys are um, into any of that. It sounds like that. Well, if you're doing like the greens and things like that, I think that's kind of in that yeah, category. Yeah. Definitely yeah, be as natural as possible, really. Is we, we yeah, we definitely yeah. – I mean, I take so many meds on a daily basis that if I can help myself by doing something a little bit more less um, – what's the word I'm looking for? Like chemical-based? Yes. Okay. Then I'm okay with that. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's another part of who I am. So I um, have – I'm certified in something called Healing Touch, which is through Healing Beyond Borders. And wow. – um, practice that. And then also the life coaching, which is just kind of something I kind of came into because I was interested in um, learning more about how to empower people like with nursing and the medical field. um, It's a lot about doing to people. So you're giving people medicine, you're, I mean, you're, you're supporting them, but I always thought it would be fun to teach people. So that's That's kind of, yeah. I want to know more about the first thing, the holistic what are you doing? Exactly? Yeah. The energy work. Have you ever heard of energy work before? No. Yeah. So your body, so basically it's on the made up on the premise that every, I'm trying to think of some other practices that are energy work that you may have heard of. Um, chiropractics okay. incorporate sometimes some energy work in Reiki, um, healing touch is one of them. Um, acupuncture, acupressure. Yeah. Um, yeah. they all work on the, um, energy system, which is like a system, just like cardiovascular or respiratory or musculoskeletal. Um, so it's an organized system in some ways, and it has, um, they call them chakras and meridians and all of this, but it's like an energy system, but you can use that energy system to like, literally it works on all levels, the emotional level, the mental level, the spiritual level, the physical level. And, um, to me, it's what gets down to the root of whatever is causing something because, um, when our bodies are hundred percent energy, you know, everything is energy. And so, um, you can affect that energy on, on different levels. So, um, it just kind of, I just, with working in the, um, like I said, in the emergency department, I, th- I thought, you know what, I gotta, I gotta learn more about what can help people, what causes them to be sick, what causes them to heal as opposed to just medicine. So, yeah. so th- I found that found, found it really interesting. So massage would be in there. Like- sort of sometimes massage therapists use, um, energy therapy with okay. their massages. Okay. What would that look like? Part of that with their training. Oh, okay. So not all of them use it, but, um, to me, I mean, it's a lot of intention, a lot of, um, you can use meditation practices with it. Um, it's a little abstract to explain, but, um, well, cause you're, you're changing the dynamic from physical to like, you can't really see it energy. You can feel it energy based. Yeah. That's what like, that's how I would describe it. Yeah. is like, it's a feeling more than like a touch, right? Is that what we're, mm-hmm. yeah, okay. Yeah, I, make sure I, I like got it, that. I like it. So you, you help people, like you do this onto people or like, what is your so role the with techniques this? that I learned through Healing Beyond Borders were mostly working um, with Healing Touch, you kind of work right off the body. You just use your um, hands and your 
own body's energy, I guess, kind of, um, to help with balancing that person's energy system. Um, but there's tons of other techniques. I mean, energy is in everything. So foods, um, you, I mean, food gives you essential oils, um, sound therapy, um, music therapy, um, color therapy. I know a lot about that. Just any of those things have vibration and frequency. So you can tweak a person's energy system by changing the frequency of the cells, basically. That makes sense. Because I've always been a firm believer, like about like how you wake up can really change your whole day. Mm. Like if you get a frantic call, Mm -hmm. it's going to be probably really hard for you to be chill for the rest of the 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 day. day. You have to actually physically work on it. But I notice if I like have like a nice like, you know, the sun's coming up. No one's like mm-hmm. no one's trying to get a hold of me. I can just like think and be clear for mm-hmm. like the first 30 minutes. I have a great day. Very chill. I like it. Yeah. Because it's like calming. See, and when you're talking about that, uh, I was doing yoga for a while and then I went into I got sick and went into a flare and all of that but like the way you're talking makes me miss yep me too that in you you had the same feeling Mm -hmm. it makes us miss that intention of like waking up doing our yoga centering ourselves and then like moving on with the day like it just kind of puts you in a it to me it's all about alignment like alignment with that part of yourself that's that state of peace i call it zero point it's like a point of nothingness you know zero point i like that how would you encourage someone to get to that point like what what could they do easiest way is just focusing on your breath and just letting go um meditation is a huge way anything that relaxes you petting your dog just Mm -hmm. being that anything just just brings you back to a space of um not necessarily even just happiness or peace, but it just brings you back to. Yeah. Like a calm a level. level. Yeah. yeah. And like no TV, no, no, nothing, just focusing on your breath and just being with yourself. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause remember when you went into Harry Potter and you were like, you said it was like stimulus overload. Oh yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I went to, to Universal Studios and uh, Disney World uh-huh. when I got back a week ago. Yeah, about that. And oh, it, it oh, it was so much fun, but it was like it definitely was like overload, sensory overload. Yeah. Because there's music, there's lights, there's sound, there's color, like there and there's stuff everywhere. And so I was telling Melanie, like, I needed to like take a second and like, oh, like close my eyes because it was so, it was so overwhelming sometimes. And that's what she's talking about, how to just be calm and still. Yeah. Just be like you. Yeah. Just focusing on yourself with yourself. I really like that. Yeah. We're going to have to go back to doing yoga in the morning. And honestly, like if you want to accelerate your weight loss, if you want to accelerate your anything in life, your health. To me, any kind of disease process is just related to some kind of resistance. So just kind of. I like that. Yeah. Just That's breathe. actually how I sleep at night where, um, because, you know, we all get like, it's running through your brain. Like what I did today, yes. what I didn't do today, what I should be doing today, what I said, yeah. what I didn't say. So like 
this girlfriend at work, I was like, I, I actually, once I get to sleep, I sleep really well. Mm. Just sometimes getting to sleep could be a little rough, but it's not too bad. I know because so, Kelly has insomnia. My husband has insomnia. So I don't mm. ever try to complain about my sleep <laughs> because they have it like tenfold of what I could imagine. Um, oh. But it's still a thing. And so my girlfriend was like, just deep breaths at night. Just count your breaths. Mm-hmm. And she's so right. I think I get to like maybe six or seven. I'm asleep. Like it's really fast for me. It It's crazy if you just like just start counting and just go slowly. Like your whole body just calms down. It's insane. I was listening to something and they were saying that if you imagine that your body is filled with water and then you're letting the water go like a little bit at a time. Mm -hmm. So you're focusing on your entire body and then it's kind of like a wave. Like you let it all go and then you bring it all back in. And it's like that, that gentle slap of the wave. Yeah. Uh, and it kind of brings you – so every time I'm trying to relax, that's what I think that's of. That's what you do. Like I, I bring the water in and let the water out. Yeah. Like – Mind over matter is a real thing, man. Definitely. Yeah. I believe Absolutely. it. Awesome. Well, I'm excited that we had you on. Yes. you have like so much information. I know. That it went way longer than we normally do. I know. I'm so sorry, funny. ladies. I like to talk. No, so no. We. It was – this was totally – this is great. Some great information. I think we're definitely going to have to do another mm-hmm. episode on – yeah. the life coaching we might have to do a part two with you if you don't mind yes yeah. oh my god i'd love it yeah Yay. absolutely okay well we will any subject back. nothing is off nothing's off limits yeah limits. i like that's that a- I, I think that it. helps people because um you know everybody's so like judgy or mm-hmm. we all have these barriers up and if we can just show people just be you and that's okay to be you mm-hmm. i think it goes a long way because it calms like me like doing this calms me down oh 100 just being it, it's funny it's so fun. after we record a podcast we are like silent the next day it's so true because we're like we're like okay we let all of our emotions go yep. we're good we're good <laughs> so uh, we'll both sleep really well tonight because yeah. we've talked we've <laughs> talked it out <laughs> <laughs> well, well, oh, I, can... I did want to mention something too. Oh, so yeah. we're having you ladies on on December third, yes. and I don't know if this is going to air before then because this isn't live, right? No, this is not okay. live. Yeah, we are trying to get a bonus episode out this month, so this yeah. would be the one if we did. Yeah, so, so we're hoping, hopefully, it would be good if we could get it out before um, December twenty third. I be- think we could do that. Okay, yeah. Anyways, so I I wanted to tell you that we do have a platform on something called Crowdcast. Yes, I saw that. You guys will be sharing with your with your peeps. And then um, we are doing we're doing kind of like you. We're doing starting to do weekly live topics on all different kinds of stuff, Um, not just vitamins at all. I mean, there's like all different kinds of stuff on there. So um, and I you guys may have gotten a link to check it out I um, did. That's but I we're also it. doing support groups too oh really so the support groups are once a month and then the live topics are every week great nice. that is awesome that is another level of support that we can give our followers and our listeners yeah. because i know like we had talked about when you go to mexico or you go out of the country um for bariatric surgery you don't always get that support um and so i think a lot of people look for that. And so if we can send them to your support group, that would be even 
more amazing. Yeah. And then the people obviously with you, like using us as a resource because Mm -hmm. we literally message everybody back personally. Yes. We do like, it might take us like a couple hours or a day, but Mm -hmm. everybody gets a personalized message from one of us. Mm -hmm. Um, So anybody can message us and if they can ask us any questions. Well, and you guys too, I mean, you guys are, I, I think it's wonderful that you guys are doing what you're doing because you're sharing topics. It sounds like almost weekly also. Yes. Um, on all different kinds of stuff. It doesn't sound like anything's off limits there either. It sounds like we're doing all different kinds of fun things. We're so. completely open most of the time. Right. <laughs> yes. Um, so December 23rd and what time is it at? It's so, on a Wednesday. So it would be one o'clock central standard time. It's 11 a.m. our time. 11 a.m. our time. And then we where are you guys at? We're in Oregon. We're on Pacific. Oregon. Okay. Yeah. yeah Pacific Standard Time. Pacific Standard Time. Um, and then they can, there's the Facebook page, correct? Mm-hmm. And then Crowdcast. Yes. So awesome. Pro Your Health um, has a Facebook page. I have a Facebook page, but mine's just my name, Brenda Hain, Bariatric. I think I, it's Bariatric um, Support. Um. We all, we both have Instagram accounts, so we can be found there too, as well. We're doing, we're doing the lives every week on Facebook. So if you can't find us on Crowdcast, you can just look on the ProCare Health Facebook page and they're always, which I don't know if you guys do yours is recorded, but they're always recorded. So they're always available as playbacks too. Oh yeah. 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 We always save ours on Instagram. Um, So that'll be really good. We will of course, post more about this as mm-hmm. it gets closer. And we did tag you, Miss Brenda, in our stories. Okay. So <laughs> everybody can, um, we have her in her, our followers. We follow her. We will tag her again once this episode hits. Um, and then, of course, before December 23rd. So that's right. Well, <laughs> thank you so much, Brenda. Thank you. Thank you guys. It. And we'll and, talk more. And- yeah, we'll get you on for a part two. <laughs> That's wonderful. And I can't wait to interview you guys. Yay. We'll be talking some more. Yes. <laughs> that's awesome. what we do best. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you so much, okay. Brenda. Bye, guys. Bye. 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 Hey, listeners. If you have enjoyed your time with us, please rate, review, and subscribe on any platform you get your podcast. Check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Join us on patreon.com forward slash OSLP where you can get exclusive content. We would like to give a big thank you to Anne-Marie Cruz for our logo, Nick Dukes for our web design, Dylan Godfrey for our editing, and Eric Fong with 17th Street Studios for our music and recording space. Thank you for listening to our Sleep Life podcast. We are breaking the stigma of weight loss and weight loss surgery one episode at a time.